Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Julian Gill. I'm back with a quick review, this time of Def Leppard's Drastic Symphonies, which was released on May the 19th. Uh, This album's a symphonic treatment of a selection of songs from Def Leppard's catalog. Okay, the overview is that basically a ton of bands have done symphonic offerings or pairings. Uh, in various formats, either paired with an actual live symphony um, to different effect. I mean, going back to uh, Deep Purple, uh, paired way back when, and Metallica has done a couple of symphonies, one better than the other, substantially. Kiss has done a symphony with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra uh, with multiple acts, electric, acoustic, and then symphonic, or I think the middle one was uh, an ensemble. It was atrocious anyway, whatever it was. Um, Aerosmith's done a, a really incredible symphonic treatment of Dream Mom with Michael Kamen. Um, I think that was for the MTV 10th anniversary that that one was done. So this one's an interesting spin because it's not a live pairing with a symphony. It's taking some of their master tracks and going back and giving it over to engineers and symphony um, symphonic arrangement to actually put it all together with some of the embellishments that the band want to do with it. That means muting some elements that were present on the original tracks, re-recording some to make it work better, and masking some of the tracks. If you go to Hysteria, you know, (laughs) there's a shitload of guitar tracks on there. Um, So it's, it's a whole new creature in that way, in that it's not a remix it's a a complete reinterpretation of some of the well more functionally able to handle that treatment material in the catalog so it's a really interesting way of approaching a symphonic project and to a certain degree Def Leppard's always had some really grandiose compositions going all the way back to 1980 Sorrow's a Woman um, maybe overture a little bit less because um, that's, I guess, more of a free birdish type thing. But they've always had those elements bringing on the heartbreak, which is on here, too late for love, obviously. And then you get into everything that comes after that when they became less of a hard rock band because uh, they were never heavy metal in their own minds, regardless of high and dry being uh, a definitive outlier in terms of their sonic appeal. So my overall impression of Drastic Symphonies is, you know, it's provided a few interesting listens, but I don't doubt that the whole thing will be filed away and not revisited very often. And and that's for a multitude of reasons that I'll get into as I, I talk about this album track by track and surmise at the end. It's very well constructed. There's no doubt about the amount of attention to detail that's gone into the crafting of this as a standalone product. And it can rightfully stand alone as a Def Leppard album within the body of their catalog. No doubt. It's very well sequenced. It flows quite well. And it's it's enjoyable in that sense 
um it's got the new shine right now the new car smell so to speak um the carpets are fully clean and there are no footprints on it yet sonically because it's all very new to the ears however that's the key element for me as an, a listener is that the classic recipe of all these songs is what is fully ingrained up here when i listen to the material and it's very hard to separate either a live performance of that material with the studio material and then taking it 180 degrees in, in, in some sense um, by, by creating this product. So that is the good. The bad, well, it's all very highly subjective, isn't it? It's listening to something um we all have our own ears we all have our own brains we all have our own taste blah 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 but there are a couple of clunkers for me and songs that simply did not work with the treatment and that's not honestly it's not you it's me well we'll see how many others agree as we go through this song so let's look at some of the source albums from this on through the night gets a grand total of zero a donut wankers um then again, how much of that stuff really would work uh, reinterpreted in this manner? Is it a matter of multi-track availability? Um, you know, what's the deal? I'd love to hear. And maybe they, there will be more interviews from the band members talking about why those songs were ignored. Maybe why some of the unreleased songs from that era, because there are some pretty epic songs that never made albums in that early phase of the band's existence and it may come down to previous management i don't know i don't care i'm simply commenting that there is no 1980 song on this album high and dry gets two but well, one and a half it gets a song and a instrumental we'll talk more about those in turn as well pyromania kind of shocking it only gets one song represented but then you think back to the rest of the album how much of that really would work with a symphonic treatment Die Hard, perhaps, but we'll take Too Late for Love any day of the week, I think. Hysteria, five. I'll talk more about that when we get there. Adrenalize, shockingly, one. Vault, one. Slang, shockingly also, or not, one. Um, Euphoria, one. Yay, love Euphoria. Vastly underrated. If I'm going to pimp an album today... Well, I'm going to have to pimp too, because I'm going to say go listen to Slang and Euphoria. Um, both incredibly underrated, in my opinion. Only X gets zero. Well, tic-tac-toe. Uh, I guess it's no shocker. Uh, again, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But does the material on 10, or X, whichever way you want to call it, really functionally work for that sort of reinterpretation? Or was that all fully embellished at the time, enough for it to be a pointless exercise? a waste of effort yeah again opinions will vary again taking a live symphony versus a, a small ensemble or um, electro wizardry you know keyboard synth and etc to create the symphonic kind of embellishment in the studio are two different things spark lounge gets one song happy about that great album mirrorball obviously one of the three bonus tracks gets a uh mention on here and that's always good because uh, again there will be people who skip that in the broader community and not everyone's a diehard so not every person buys every box that Def Leppard puts out or every album that they put out shame on them um, Def Leppard 
self-titled album was that 2015 or so um zilch nil not nanka well again i i don't think there's any point to that one either um all the stuff on that album as strong as it is is all pretty well treated um in my opinion and diamond star halos current album um stunningly strong and consistent album well worth another listen as well as you go through some of these um gets two so there's a little bit of imbalance within that but again all of it's going to come down to your taste what era you prefer what kind of songs in those eras also that you prefer for the eras that you prefer less that's a bit of a tongue twister. I haven't even had a beer. All right. So it's no surprise, I guess, with Hysteria providing the bulk of the album. I guess I'm a bit disappointed that it is no surprise that Hysteria provides the bulk of the album. But then again, Hysteria provides the bulk of the album. Go figure. Uh, but I think it could have been one or two less uh, songs from that album, taking songs maybe in a more dangerous direction you know there's nothing on this in terms of the arrangements that really goes out on the wing there's nothing that really goes into any territory that i would say is cutting edge or artistically dangerous or cutting you or breaking new ground artistically with the symphonic um treatment so you know some of the albums which songs are lacking you know have candidates that already have lush arrangements i've already said that so i guess they're missing because the those treatments would have uh, offered nothing new I've already said that so um i guess there's also a possibility you never know with def leppard that maybe they're saving some material for a volume two all right let's talk about the individual songs because that was a 10 minute preamble that i didn't intend to be that long so get on with it turn to dust awesome Brilliant. Absolutely marvelous. I think this is very bold decision to lead off the album with a song from Slang, because that will not be in everyone's, you know, kind of pantheon of top Def Leppard songs from which to pick an opening track on your symphonic reinterpretation album. So I, I like it almost as it's thumbing the nose at uh, Slang's detractors, you know, by leading with it. And it's the song itself is beautifully um, positioned and well suited to be treated in this manner. It becomes even more trippy and transcendental. Uh, it's a complete winner. It, I would love to immerse in a 5 1 mix of this in a sonic cocoon. It's really that, um, that deep. I want to have my headphones on with it again. I've been listening without them this afternoon. Uh, but th that's one where you really get a whole lot of different elements that I think the 5-1 treatment could have them really coming in a whole different uh, d bunch of directions as if you're in a symphony hall where with good acoustics where you get all the, the reverb and the feel from that performance. So very happy with that as a lead-off track. Very happy also with Paper Sun. That's a shocker. Um, I would not have picked that one if I was doing a list of 16 songs for a symphonic treatment by Def Leppard. I don't know if Paper Sun would make that list. I've never done it, so we'll never know. And now it doesn't matter because here it is. So I, again, I didn't see this one coming. I could have seen Promises or Goodbye, um, but I'm well truffed because I really love this track. I think it works well. It comes across as a reinvigorated creature. It st stands up to the treatment, and it also has 
a reason to be done and to be presented as here is what may be a new song to a lot of people. Um, they may just be buying this because of the success of the stadium tour. And, and again, anytime a band gets a rise in its visibility, there will be people who have fallen off the bandwagon who may be catching up and not realize that Def Leppard has kept going for the last 25 years. They didn't end in the 90s or the noughts. And they're still out there. They're still vibrant. And if anyone saw them performing at the lead mill the other night, they look great. They sound great. They still perform like a complete complete bunch of madmen and um again they still rock and roll so good to get this song out there hopefully it'll make some people dig up euphoria and go back to that all right animal that was the first single it didn't work for me as a single it doesn't work for me now i thought it was a terrible choice of a first single uh, but then again having her turn to dust i think they should have thrown that there out as the first single because it really would have been an attention grabber and plenty of people i wouldn't be surprised if they would have thought that was a new def leppard song um you know just play with people's minds animal doesn't work it, it's like we've got to have it on there but that's one of the songs from hysteria that i would drop off it and why doesn't it work i can't really quantify it it doesn't work for me in terms of my tastes uh, i'm gonna leave it at that and move on to pour some sugar on me um no 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 they turned a strip club masterpiece into a freaking turgid lullaby it's terrible i do not like this at all and i'm going to move on forthwith um to hysteria okay voted most inevitable to turn up on a symphonic treatment this bloody song i never liked it didn't like it in 1987 didn't like the video didn't like the single never liked it never gonna like it and this treatment certainly didn't make me like it any more or less but i'll say this it does work with the treatment very well it it's all, you know, I don't like it, but it's pleasant enough. It just doesn't have, it's, it's a journey on a flat road for me. It, it, do, it doesn't have any valleys or undulations. It really doesn't have anything that resonates with me in parts, a bridge, uh, any guitar parts. It never has. But again, it works very nicely on Drastic Symphony. So I'll move on. Love Bites. I don't hate Hysteria. Don't get me wrong. I love Hysteria. Even though my favorite album is High and Dry, I really do like Hysteria, but I don't need Love Bites with a symphony treatment. No. No. Let's go into a Diamond Star Halo song, Goodbye for Good This Time, and I think this one is excellent. Um, it does something with the original, giving it something special that only a symphony can provide, and a proper symphony at that. It's majestic. Um, so I've, I've gotten through my string of three where I was less pleased and managed to throw a couple of superlatives into the mix for this one. Love. Absolutely love, love. Love is gorgeous. It was gorgeous on Sparkle Lounge. And it's another one of those fuck me moments uh, when I first heard this composition um, on Sparkle, obviously. But I'm glad they included it here. And they did a very, very good job of it. Just like Goodbye for Good. These are two songs in a row, sequenced perfectly. It's a fantastic pairing of these two songs. Um, and while I like when Def Leppard rocks, this side of things is something that they do very very well and these are two fantastic uh, examples of when they do it and hit 
you know, hit for a six. You know, it's outside the boundaries here. It's absolutely incredible. Americans, you want to call it a home run, whatever. It's a touchdown. Home run, grand slam. Gods of War. I was looking forward to this the most when I saw the track listing uh, get published for the for the album when it was then forthcoming. I love the song. This has always been one of my most meaningful songs for me. Um, so symphony-wise, it falls the flattest. It didn't meet my expectations in any way and ends up feeling like someone has sprayed graffiti on the original sonically. Sonic graffiti. Um, I'm disappointed. It just hasn't lived up to my hopes and expectations so again me next up angels can't help you now from diamond star halos and i guess the same applies for this one which i said for goodbye for good and love it's already a perfect starting tapestry on which to apply that paint so it doesn't end up being sonic graffiti it ends up being a sonic mona lisa and now well, maybe that's a little bit uh you know over the top but might as well be they're putting symphony on rock music um there's a reason why an album ought to only have one or two of these types of songs though um as a matter of keeping it balanced and having different uh, material of different styles and tastes to keep things moving around and changing things up. So at this point in this album, what, 10 songs in of symphonic retreatments of lighter material in general from the Def Leppard catalog, it's becoming a bit fatiguing. Uh, this is an 80-minute album, and yeah, we've still got a bit of a uh, long, long way to go. All right, bringing on the heartbreak. Oh, wonderful. Captain Obvious Online 1. They did it in 1984 with synth. And about 40 years later, well, how about turning those synths into simps? Symphony. Um, it becomes a bit pompous, or at least precious. So I guess I should just put on the original 1981 version or forget about 84 and 2023. Because... Uh, this one doesn't need any more sugar being poured all over it. Am I mixing my Def Leppard metaphors here? Probably guilty as charged, my, God, my lord. Switch 625. Wrong. This is my guitar jam. I reach for my Les Paul on my Epiphone. Um, operative word being guitar. And more guitars. And as Nigel would say, the amps turned up to 11. Uh, no strings. No bumblebees. But I did like the descending symphonic scales throughout this one. It, it does give it atmosphere, uh, but then the kettle drums take it over the top. Richard Wagner uh, might approve, but right of the Valkyries, this is not. So uh, this one feels like filler, almost because it's got to be there because bringing on the heartbreak is there, and the two are somewhat symbiotic. 13, lucky for some. Unlucky for others, have you ever needed someone so bad? This is the digital and vinyl bonus track. Obviously, I haven't gotten my uh, physical CD on which this won't be present anyway. So I uh, grabbed the iTunes version uh, to get started. Uh, this comes from Adrenalize, obviously. And, you know, this is up there with Hysteria, the song for me. There's no denying that it's a fantastic song. And... I guess it takes the treatment like a swaying willow caressed by a warm breeze. It works. 
but it's really not the sort of devil effort I want to listen to any day of the week, or maybe only on one day of the week, once a year, or decade, something like that. Um, too Late for Love, you know, just the one from Pyromania. Again, is if you're going to have to have something from Pyromania and you don't want to do Die Hard, um, or if you can't do Die Hard, I, I, I guess there are professionals who, who can decide which songs are most likely to succeed as symphonic arrangements or uh, retreatments. Re, re this one makes the most sense, and it and it does work very nicely. So, uh, again, good to have at least one Pyromania song, you know, any pre-87 song, actually. It, you know, we're just happy. All right, 15, When Love and Hate Collide from The Vault. How many treatments of that have there already been? And was another one really necessary? Always like the acoustic one of that, though. But uh, as far as that one goes, uh, it's like, now I'm just like wanting to get to the end of the album as rapidly as possible. And it ends on a high note. Again, another somewhat obscure song for some people who may have left the building for a while. Kings of the World from Mirrorball. It was one of, I think, well, three bonus songs or new studio songs released off that album. So, you know, many people may not have gotten that album, may have skipped it. Um, and it's a great ending song. It's an appropriate symphonic bookend to this album. But again, as I said about 20 minutes ago, I'm fatigued with all this symphonic treatment. And it... Uh, all these songs take many of the same approaches symphonically to how they have been seasoned and embellished throughout. So there's a unity of sound and structure that goes through these 15 or 16 songs, depending on the version that you get. Um, you'll get a few more breaks if you get the vinyl, because I think it's a double LP and you're going to flip that fucker four times while listening to it, which will provide uh, suitable acoustic breaks from it. Um, so again, a, a good ending, but I, I'm glad it's over at this point. And, you know, my last listen, I was like, okay, that's enough. I'm done. Uh, I'm, I don't want to listen to this anymore for a good long while. Um, so what's missing after 80 minutes of it? I, I do, I don't think I could take any more. Uh, in fact, again, I think there could be a couple less songs, uh, just because you can fit 80 minutes on a release or what is it on a CD? It's going to be about 75 minutes. Um, it doesn't mean you have to or need to. Um, and I know in this day of value, sometimes you feel that you ought to so that people are your punters are receiving, you know, value for money. Uh, there's always that perception of more is better. But in this sense, I don't think more is better. Uh, clearly, a lot of attention, again, has gone into crafting this album, but I'm left pondering its purpose. What is its, what, what is its rationale? What is its target? Is it just to get Def Leppard fans like me who pretty much buy every release um, to purchase it? What, what do they want me to get out of it? Because I don't really get the feeling that... Def Leppard could do a live symphony at this stage of this their career. And that's a guess. Opinions, again, are going to vary. I don't think they could do this live with a symphony. And I think that's why they're doing this in this manner now. It gives them the opportunity to pair themselves with a orchestra while also justifying it by re 
uh, interpreting some of the songs in the catalog? You know, was it just a matter of them itching creative in terms of creativity? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's just as valid, again, as a live album is. And while it may not bring any new fans, it certainly does provide a new way of listening to the songs. So job well done. I am entertained. I don't feel in need of demanding a refund. I did not need six pints to get through it. Um, and I survived the experience. Let me know what you think of these treatments. If you've only listened to the, I think it's two singles that have been released, you know, chime in with your thoughts on it. If you've listened to the whole album, what are your favorite songs? What are your least favorite songs? And what songs do you think are egregiously missing from Drastic Symphonies? Um, but for now, go off and purchase it if you're interested after this review and leave me your feedback. That's it for now. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook.